The CDC reported last month that the rate of autism in the United States is now one in 36 children. The rates of autism have been just dramatically increasing since the CDC began monitoring autism in 1996. Hi everyone, welcome to the Parenting Translator Newsletter. I'm Dr. Kara Goodwin, and today I'm going to be talking about autism and what the current research tells us. So I'm going to be talking about what is autism, why are the rates increasing so dramatically, what causes autism, how do you know if your child is autistic, and what can you do as a parent? So April is World Autism Month, and that's a month designated to enhance understanding of autism and increase acceptance of autistic individuals. Autism is a neurobiological difference that is characterized by social and communication challenges, along with repetitive behaviors, sensory differences, and strong interest. Autism is believed to occur on a spectrum because autistic children can have very different characteristics, abilities, and areas of need. Autism advocate Stephen Shore famously said, if you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism meaning that every autistic person is different and you can't really generalize from one person to another. And a quick note about language before I really get started. So the adult autism community has reported that they prefer identity-first language. So this is autistic individual versus person-first language, um, which would be an individual with autism. So I'll be using identity-first language for the rest of this newsletter. So why are the rates of autism increasing so dramatically? The CDC reported last month that the rate of autism in the United States is now one in 36 children. The rates of autism have been just dramatically increasing since the CDC began monitoring autism in 1996. So in 2000, it was one in 150 children. In 2008, it was one in 88. And in 2018, it was one in 44 and now it's one in 36 children. The rate of autism across the world also seems to be increasing. In 2012, the autism prevalence around the world was estimated to be six in 1,000. And the most recent study estimated global prevalence to be around one in 100 around the world. So why are these rates increasing so quickly? So the first reason and the primary reason here is probably that the rates of autism have increased due to greater awareness of autism. So more parents are aware of autism, which makes them more likely to seek evaluations for their children, and more professionals have been educated on autism, making them more likely to refer children and make diagnoses. Autism screening has also become a lot more common. So for example, in the United States, all children are typically screened for autism around 18 and 24 months, regardless of whether they're showing symptoms. Research finds that as increases have occurred in autism diagnoses, there have also been decreases in diagnoses of intellectual disability and learning disability, suggesting that the children who used to be diagnosed with intellectual disability and learning disability are now more likely to be diagnosed with autism. There's also been changes to the diagnostic criteria. So over the years, the diagnostic criteria for autism have changed and the um, diagnosis has become broader and has included more mild presentations of autism. Another reason is increased availability of services. So 
Over the years, services for autism have become more readily available and more likely to be covered by insurance. Um, And so the availability of services has encouraged more people to seek a diagnosis in order to gain access to these services. There has also been an increase in parent age, which may be related to the increase in autism. So across the world, um, people are waiting longer and longer to become parents. Um, So for example, in the United States, the average age for a first birth was 21 in 1970 and 27 in 2021. So increased parental age and this is both maternal and paternal, meaning mothers and fathers, has been associated with an increase in the likelihood of autism. But research estimates this really only accounts for 3% of the rise in autism prevalence. So while this plays a role, it does not completely explain the increase. Another reason could be that there are more premature babies. So advances in neonatal medicine have allowed extreme, more extremely premature babies, meaning born before 28 weeks, to survive. And these advances are so incredibly important, but they may also be related to increasing autism rates since premature and low birth weight babies have higher rates of autism. In addition, the rates of prematurity, meaning babies born before 37 weeks, seem to be increasing in some countries, such as the United States. So what causes autism? There is no one cause of autism. For most individuals, autism is caused by a combination of genetic and environmental risks that we don't totally understand. Researchers estimate that autism is highly genetic and that over 100 genes have been identified as being associated with autism. Although a brain scan or a genetic test cannot be used to identify autism yet, Autism is associated with neurobiological differences that can be found as early as when the infant is in the womb. So this research really suggests, and I cannot emphasize this enough, that there is nothing that parents do or do not do that causes autism. Environmental factors related to autism are still not well understood. So there are several factors that have been linked to autism, such as autoimmune disorders in the mother, um, serotonin reuptake inhibitors, which are a type of antidepressant during pregnancy, um, environmental pollution, but we don't have evidence yet that any of these factors actually cause autism, only that they are associated with increased risk. It's important to mention, too, that research consistently finds absolutely no link between childhood vaccines and autism. And despite news headlines, we also don't have evidence that screen time in early childhood or Tylenol use during pregnancy causes autism. Both of these environmental factors have been linked to autism, but we have no evidence of cause. And there are also many other factors that might explain this relationship. So how do you know if your child is autistic? Every child is different, and some children may show many clear signs of autism from infancy, while other children may show very subtle signs of autism that don't emerge until preschool or even school age. If you have any concerns about your child's development at any point, you should not hesitate to talk to your pediatrician or another professional or seek out an evaluation. So some early signs of autism are as follows. Avoidance of eye contact or limited eye contact, and infants begin making eye contact and using eye contact to communicate around six months. So if you're seeing differences in eye contact after six months, then you may be concerned. Another early sign is um, limited social smiles, and social smiles are when you smile in response to others smiling at you, and this is a skill which should develop around two to three months. 
Limited facial expressions, meaning that it's hard to tell whether they're happy, sad, angry, et cetera, just by looking at their face. Um, Consistently preferring to be alone. Loss of skills they once had, such as no longer saying words they used to say. Um, Difficulty understanding the emotions of others. And of course, this one is dependent on age because these skills develop very gradually over the first five years. So with younger children, you would look for maybe not noticing when others are upset, which develops around 24 months. And with older children, you would look for maybe not understanding a, a perspective that's different than theirs, which should develop around age four. Another early sign is repeating words or phrases from TV shows or other people over and over again, Um, and this is called um, echolalia. Resisting or having difficulty with minor changes in their routine or environment, and I think it's very important to say that all toddlers have difficulty with this, so look for responses that seem particularly intense. Repetitive or um, what we call stimming behaviors, such as flapping their arms, rocking, or spinning. Having very strong interests that might not be typical for their age, such as ceiling fans or vacuums. Lining up toys or playing with toys in the same way every time. Intense responses to sounds, smells, tastes, textures, or lights and colors. So it's very important to remember that just because you see one of these early signs of autism, it doesn't mean that your child is autistic. But it's important to reach out to a qualified professional, such as your pediatrician, to discuss your concerns. The quote-unquote wait-and-see approach may not always be the best choice, since research shows that early intervention can really help autistic children to make gains in communication and emotional regulation that will help them to access the world around them. Another tool to know about is called the MCHAT, and that is available for free on the Autism Speaks website. And this is a questionnaire that can be used for toddlers from 16 to 30 months, and the results will tell you whether a further evaluation is needed. A diagnosis of autism can typically be made as early as 12 months, although it can be difficult to provide a reliable diagnosis before 24 months. It is never too early it is never too late to ask about an autism evaluation. Autism is usually diagnosed by a child psychologist or a developmental pediatrician by simply observing your child's behavior and asking about their development. Sometimes a psychologist will administer something called the ADOS, A-D-O-S, to gain more insight into your child's skills. And the evaluation will really just look like they're playing with your child and talking to them and talking to you. There are no blood tests or brain scans currently to diagnose autism. So what can parents do? So if you're concerned about your child's development and whether they meet criteria for autism, contact your pediatrician or early intervention services as soon as possible. Create a list of your concerns with specific examples to share with them. And remember that you can always seek in a second opinion if you don't agree with their conclusions. Although you should always seek help from professionals who specialize in working with autistic children, if you are at all concerned about your child's development, there are also ways that parents can help to advance their child's communication and social skills. This may be helpful if your child does not meet criteria for services, but you still think they need some support or if you have to wait for an evaluation or services. Unfortunately, waiting lists for evaluations and early intervention are all too common. Here are a few ways that you can help to advance your child's development as a parent. 
First, communication. Incorporate more language into everyday routines. So working on language doesn't have to be a special activity that takes time out of your busy day. Simply work more language into your daily routine. For example, sing songs during bath time or use diaper changes to interact with your child. Narrate and label everything you see. So as you go through the day, narrate what your child is doing like a sportscaster. Um, Label anything your child notices, such as describing everything you see on a walk. The more language, the better. Follow their lead on what they are interested in rather than requiring them to shift their attention to what you notice. Um, Three, have back and forth conversations. Try to have back and forth conversations with your child throughout the day. If they cannot speak in words yet, respond to their gestures, babbling, and sounds as if it were language. Four, imitate what your child says and expand on it. Imitate your child's speech by echoing back what they just said, even if it's just babbling or noises. Then expand upon their communication to help them learn more complex speech. So for example, if they say ba, and you know they're referring to ball, say ball, you want the ball. Imitation encourages children to communicate more often, and then expanding upon it helps to take them to take it to the next step for more advanced communication. Give your child more opportunities to communicate. So create opportunities for your child to practice communicating. Sometimes as parents, we know our children so well that we meet our children's needs before they even have the chance to communicate them. But this doesn't give children opportunities to practice communicating. And as we all know, practice is essential to improving any skill. So rather than meeting your child's needs before they ask, wait for them to communicate first. For example, wait for them to ask for their favorite breakfast, even if they eat the same thing every day. Give them a toy or a snack in a container that they can't open and wait for them to ask you for help. Wait for them to say or gesture for up before putting them in the swing at the playground or picking them up in general, um, and pause during their favorite song to see if they finish it or request you to keep going. So how do you work on your child's social skills? So first, face-to-face interaction is key. So imagine your child's attention is like a spotlight and try to stay in their spotlight. Get down on their level, pay attention to what they're paying attention to, and to encourage eye contact, you can hold toys or favorite snacks near your eyes. But it's important to remember that you should not force eye contact to the point of distressing your child. Learn through play. So play is the primary way that children learn any new skills. Teach children new social concepts through play, such as turn-taking, compromising, and playing cooperatively with another person. You can act out different scenarios they might experience with children their own age. Um, Children really learn best through face-to-face interactions with caregivers, so make sure you turn off any screens. Um, that could be distracting um, while you're doing this play. Three, insert yourself into their interests. So some children are not as motivated to engage in social interaction and therefore may not learn social skills to the same extent as a child who is more interested in social interaction. In order to increase your child's interest, make social interaction more positive for them by integrating social interaction into their interests. To do this, follow their lead in play and engage in their interests with them. So finally, find the smile. So this means make social interactions more enjoyable for children by finding the smile when interacting with children. So for some children, this might mean quietly singing their favorite song and cuddling with them. And for some children, this might mean wildly swinging them around while you're both screaming. It could involve making silly noises, playing tickle monster, blowing raspberries, playing chase, or bouncing them on your knee. 
whatever it takes to make your child keep smiling. So finally, it's important to clarify that there is nothing wrong with the brains of autistic individuals. They simply work in a different rather than an inferior way. It's very important to know that as parents and professionals, we are not trying to change autism. Rather, we're trying to support the development of skills that may help them to succeed in a world that wasn't built for them. Many autism advocates argue that our society should adapt to be more accepting of autism rather than autistic individuals having to change themselves into a society designed for neurotypical brains. So this idea that we should be more accepting that some people have brains that work in different ways is referred to as neurodiversity. So how can you increase your knowledge and acceptance of autism? So first, learn about autism and accept, understand the firsthand experiences of autistic people. So a recent study found that informing neurotypical adults about autism and hearing the perspectives of autistic people increased their interaction, their interest in social interaction with autistic adults and improved their first impressions of autistic adults. Second, learn about the many strengths associated with autism. So autism associated with increased focus and attention to detail, strong long-term memory, creative problem solving, and enhanced visual and auditory processing. Three, educate others when you have an opportunity. So for example, if your child sees someone flapping their arms or wearing headphones to block out loud noises, explain that they may experience the world in a different way. Four, seek out books that celebrate neurodiversity. Some examples are Some Brains, a book about celebrating neurodiversity, A Friend for Henry, All My Stripes, and We're Amazing 123, which is available for free through the Kindle app. Um, five, ask the individual or their family member, if they are non-speaking, um, what kind of language they would prefer. So do they prefer person-first language, which is a person with autism, or identity-first language, an autistic person? Seek out additional resources. So Sesame Street has a free initiative to inform parents about autism, and the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network is another great resource for learning more about autism. Thank you so much for tuning into the Parenting Translator newsletter. Tune in next week for more research-backed tips for parents. Parenting Translator is a nonprofit organization, so all of these podcasts and the information they provide are given to you for free. If you would like to support our work, please subscribe to this podcast and rate and review it. Thank you so much.